Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show. We have a great program lined up for you tonight, each and every Friday. Available on Spotify and the Spotify app, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Coming up tonight, Mark Stone joining us, Free For All Friday, NFL picks and predictions as we enter into another week of the National Football League. Let's win some money with Stone this evening. Before that, Tim Lingen will be joining us for his first appearance of season number two. Excited to have Tim on the program. We will get his thoughts on the NFL season so far. We also have the Moron Spotlight for you, but I want to start with a general thought about customer service and loyalty. And I've always been somebody, for the most part, in my life, and I don't know why, but generally when I sign up with a provider, a company, whatever, Whether it's for insurance or whether it's for something else, if if, if things are going fine, I I generally don't switch. And maybe that's on me. Maybe I should have a little bit more due diligence of looking around for the best prices, what works better for me. And the reason why I bring this up is in the last month, me and, and the wife finally thought we we each have two different insurances for our cars. She has hers, which she has had for, for a long time, and I've had mine. And I've had mine since I started driving when I was 16 years old. I've always gone with the same company, and that company was the company that my, my parents had, had had their cars insured through for, for many years. They still do. And... Ever since the pandemic started, I have not driven my car hardly at all. And I tried to tell this to my insurance agent back when the pandemic started. After not driving my car for six months, I said, legitimately, my car sits in my apartment parking lot four days a week. It doesn't move. I maybe drive my car three days a week, and most of the time... I am driving less than a mile to the store here in town. Or I'm driving down to the next town over 10 miles away to go see my parents or driving 10 miles the other way to go see friends. This car does not go on long trips. What can you do to get me a discounted rate? Now, I have an older car. It's going to be 10 years old next year. I have a 2013. Think about that. I have a 2013, yet I still want full coverage on it. 
just because I don't I don't trust a lot of people out there because the minute I, I, I told my parents and some friends, the minute that I put that bad boy down to liability coverage, tree in apartment parking lot falls on car or somebody hits me on the road and with my luck, it would be an uninsured driver. And then you're screwed no matter what. So I went to them at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and I said, what can you do for me to lower my rates? Then they came back to me and it saved me like $5, $10. It wasn't much, but it was enough to keep me satisfied for a bit. So I didn't switch. My loyalty stayed. My, my blind loyalty. But then, now that we're dealing with all of this inflation garbage and prices of everything are going up. I understand that the prices of things go up in terms of like food because people have to grow the food, the cost of gas is more to get the food to the store. So the price is going to be passed along to you, the consumer. I get that with food and drinks and building materials and things like that that have to be transported to, to the store in order to get to you but I don't quite understand why my insurance went back up. So that initial five to ten dollars that I was saving each month, now it's come back up. And now from three years ago, it's only really I'm really only saving like three or four bucks a month. Well, anyway, long story short, me and the wife said, you know what? Enough of this. We're either going to go with my company or we're going with your company. And we got a quote from her company and it's saving me like $25 a month going through her company. So we're, we're, we're starting that. And I ended up calling my insurance company today to say, Hey, um, I'm canceling my policy. I'm going with my, on my wife's policy. That's what we're going to do. I have paid insurance bills on time, have never been late to this company and I've been doing it since I was 16 years old. So I've been doing this now for, for 20 years. They have been getting a, a check from me every month, money out of my account. Hardly any auto claims. Any accident that I've ever been in has been someone else's fault. No tickets. And didn't, e didn't even get the, hey, what would it take to get you to stay with our insurance company? Hey, we noticed that you've been here for 20 years. What changed? What what would it take to get you to stay here at this company? Not even an ounce of that. And I, I, I get that they have tons of customers, but this is a local office. It's a huge, it's a huge national insurance chain, but they have a local office in Princeton that I called into. They made no effort to say, hey, what would it take? We we appreciate your business. So it just shows you like you're just you're just another number to these companies. You're just a, another number. They don't the 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 thought of a, a a a company, a local company that actually has damn good customer service, if you find that I'll tell you what, stick with them, throw your loyalty at them. But this is just an example of 
see, I think in my head, I mean, I was going to switch anyway, but I think in, in the back of my mind, wow, maybe, maybe I'll get a way better rate if I call in and they try to get me to stay. No, they made no effort of that. None at all. You are just a number. You're just a number when it comes to you paying your bill. Think of how much money insurance companies just rack up every month. They just rack up the dough every month. And yeah, sure, there's there's things that insurance have to pay out. I get that. People are in car accidents. People die. People have life insurance policies. There's money being paid out. But there's also... A lot of people like me that never file a claim, I never get a ticket, I pay my premium, and that's it. And I I understand why you need insurance. This isn't an anti-insurance thing. But just be cognizant of keeping your loyalty at places that don't really give a damn if you're there or not. And that goes for business. When you're buying things like insurance or going to certain stores... But that also goes for for work. We often sit in this this mindset of, well, I have a job and I'm going to just work here forever. You know, my dad, I love my dad. He he worked with with uh, Hennepin County for like 30 years, 25, 30 years. And I know a lot of other people his age that worked for like the same place for 25, 30 years, 40 years. They were with the same company. And that's such a cool story. And I always think, wow, that would be great to work at the same place for like 25, 30 years. But I feel like those days are gone because a lot of places now, a lot of companies, they don't treat their employees very well. And yet we we sit in this mindset of, well, I have a job, I have to stay. No, there's there's other great things out there. If you have a job right now that pays you whatever, there's probably 10,000 other jobs that pay the same amount or they pay a little bit more based upon your skill set. COVID really exposed bad companies, bad customer service, bad bosses, bad workplaces. That's what it exposed. People don't give a rat's ass at all about office spaces. They don't care about any of that stuff. If you are a boss and you spend thousands of dollars a month on an office space and I can do my job from home, I now have the upper hand of being able to work from home. And if that doesn't work for you, then I'll take my talents to another come. I'll take my talents to South Beach, as LeBron said. I'll take my talents to South Beach and I'll go to another company. What the day the day of the boss always saying what he says goes or she says goes, those days are gone. We have the upper hand at this point as the average Joe, the average worker, the average man or woman. We have the upper hand now because there's a million options out there. There's a million options to go out and and find another job. And the other thing that COVID exposed, and we talked about this uh, last year on the program, was that people finally started to figure out because... All of these, all of these people kept saying, "Hey, we can't find workers. We can't, people don't want to work. People are on, you know, they're getting their assistance." Well, eventually, the assistance runs out. People aren't on that forever, or on on the unemployment. 
the reason why people can't find workers is one, you're probably not paying well enough. Two, there's probably no benefits. You realize most people need to have some form of benefits, health, dental, vision, at least health, at least offer somebody that people can't work for your company full time for $12 an hour. So what did, what did uh, the family of four finally figure out, the mom and the dad and the two kids or the three, four kids, whatever? They figured out that, hey, wh- whoever it is, the, the woman or the man, hey, uh, I have a really good job. I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer or I'm a teacher or whatever. I make enough money doing this. And the husband or, or, or the wife or the other person was like working part-time at Walmart or you know, a fast food restaurant or they were bartending or waitressing or whatever. And that's cool. I'm not, I'm not dissing that at all. Cause that's a job too. But these people were like, Hey, we make 80 grand a year on this job. And then what you're doing is it's not bringing in as much. It's not a competition. I get that, but we're basically just using your check to do childcare. And instead of doing that, why don't you just stay home with the kids and, uh, you know, or cut back on the hours and then I'll just work and then we'll live off the one salary. Cause it's like, all right, well per year we're making 75 grand a year or whatever in this hypothetical family. And then this per other person working part-time waitressing or whatever, all right, maybe they're making 10 grand a year or whatever. Well, that gets us up to like 85 grand a year. Well, if we just readjust our uh, life and our purchasing practices and all of that, we actually would save more because I, I don't know. Uh, families, families and individuals have started to take stock in what is worth my time and what is not. And people are starting to wake up. They started doing this during the pandemic, but people are starting to wake up and realize, Hmm, uh, my boss treats me like shit. I'm not going to stay here and be loyal. Hey, uh, this, this company doesn't have very good customer service. And I, I, have never been late on a payment, maybe I'm going to find a different phone company, or maybe I'm going to find a different internet provider, or maybe I'm going to find a different insurance company. Those are all things to look at. As an individual with buying power, as an individual in the workplace, know your worth. That's something that we say constantly here on the program. Know your worth in the workplace, and also know your worth with your with your buying power, with your purchasing power. Just because you've been with somebody for 20 years really analyze that look at it is it worth still being with that company great show for you tonight tim lingen joining for his first appearance mark stone for a free for all friday nfl picks and uh, coming up next the moron spotlight this is the trevor j brown show this is the trevor j brown show from inherent dream production company looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. This, uh, this one is perhaps one of the saddest stories we've ever had in the moron spotlight and i think i said this at the beginning of this season of the podcast i know i've said it before off the air and i'm pretty sure i said it last year i don't care if you vote democrat i don't care if you vote republican 
I don't care if you vote independent. I don't care if you vote for the weed party. Vote for whoever you damn well choose. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Okay? We make fun of all political sides on this program. We praise people when we think they do well. It's not often. But the reason why I bring that up about who you want to vote for is vote for whoever you want. But can we have... For crying out loud, in 2024, can we have a president, can we have somebody run for president and win that doesn't wear a diaper? Can we have somebody that's not like 75 plus years old, that's senile? Can we have somebody that's not 70 plus be president of the United States? What does the rest of the world think of us? That we're just old 70 year old white dudes walking around the country? Again, the, the candidate, the winner, I don't care. It could be Democrat, Republican, Independent. I don't care. They can be white, black, brown, yellow, man, woman. I don't care. But can they be like 45, 50? Someone with some energy? I bring that up because uh, on Wednesday... President Joe Biden appeared to call out the late former Representative Jackie Wolarski from Indiana. Jackie Wolarski died in a car wreck in August. He called her out for being in attendance during a speech Wednesday at the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. Biden thanked all of you here, singling out Wolarski and other lawmakers for their work on hunger as he spoke about his administration's efforts to end hunger in the U.S. by 2030. Biden said, and I quote, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I don't think she was going to be here, end quote. Wolarski and two of her congressional staff members died in August during a head-on car collision in northern Indiana. She was 58 years old. Wolarski, first elected to Congress in 2012, served as co-chair of the House Hunger Caucus. Politico reported that a video tribute was to honor Wolarski at the conference. Biden, known for making slip-ups in public remarks, turns 80 years old in November and has faced regular attacks from Republicans over his mental fitness. Biden has said he intends to run for re-election in 2024. Biden issued a statement following Wolarski's death. In August, saying he and Jill were shocked and saddened and that he appreciated the Congresswoman's help on planning for the hunger conference. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, 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 said Wolarski was on top of mind for the president when asked about the gaffe because of the former Congresswoman's work. She said she believes Americans will understand why Biden was thinking about Wolarski. I don't think it's all that unusual to have someone top of mind. Yeah, but if somebody dies, I, I don't think it's a great look to say, are you here? Also, who is running his day-to-day -day team? Did... Don't you have someone advising you? Who advises the president? Who's like the right-hand man or woman? Before a speech like this, don't you feel like you huddle with him for 30 seconds and say, Hey, by the way, I wanted to remind you, this person who worked on this, remember, she passed away in August. So 
don't want to have any slip-ups of like calling her out or asking her to come on stage or anything like that. <laughs> Just, I, I don't get it. The Philadelphia Police Department released new footage of a mob ransacking a Wawa convenience store near the city on Monday. The footage shows people pouring into the store to loot food, drinks, and other items. A separate clip shows people jumping on top of vehicles outside the store. The incident occurred at roughly 8.15 Saturday evening, and police are looking for about 100 suspects, most of them juveniles. I know there are several parents that will look at this and say, that's not how I raised my kids, and that's understandable, but... Also, there is a responsibility to then identify your kids to us, Deputy Police Commissioner John Stanford said in a Monday press conference. The bottom line is we cannot have this type of behavior happening in this city. The business community doesn't deserve that. The citizens don't deserve it. Well, here's what's going to happen. Because how, how do you fix this? And, and you can vote Democrat, you can vote Republican, all of these empty campaign promises, all of these ads, it's its the same thing. Every two years, every four years, whatever it is, these people say, hey, we're going to fix crime. We're going to get tough on crime. Well, it gets a little bit better, but it doesn't solve the whole issue. What's going to end up happening at these stores is you are legitimately going to have to be buzzed in to the store you will walk around the store, you will get your items, the cashier will at eventually all places, I mean, a lot of places are this way now, but they're behind glass, so you, you can't rob the place, you know, for, for the cashier's safety, for the person working their safety. You'll pay for your items and then you'll be buzzed out of the store and they'll only allow so many people inside that store at a given time. They'll buzz in three to four people, and then when those few people leave, there'll be an entrance and there'll be an exit. When people leave, then you'll buzz in more people, and then more people can come in. But at the end of the day, you can say, well, crime, you know, crime is 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 down when these people are in office, or crime is up when, when Democrats are in office. Or you can you can point fingers, you can do whatever the hell you want. At the end of the day, and this is what people don't want to talk about. At the end of the day, you know how you solve the issue? It comes back to parenting. All of these people that want to talk about everything on, on both sides of the aisle. You have people that, that act like they give a damn about their kids, but they don't teach them manners. They don't teach them that you can't do this. You can't do things like this. There's no mom in the household. There's no dad in the household. You have to have parental figures. I don't care if it's two moms. I don't care if it's two dads. You have to have parental figures. If there's no parenting, you're screwed. But then you have you you have these people that act like, well, we give a damn about our kids. We want to talk about critical race theory. We want to talk about, you know, banning books and, and all of that stuff. You don't give a rat's ass about your kids. You don't sit down and talk to them daily. You don't teach them anything. I don't have time to get into it tonight, but there was a, some story that I read about how, uh, for the first time in a long time in this country, people that actually look to some form of religion, it's below 50%. I'm not saying that that uh, you got to have religion in your life. I mean, I do. That's, that's my path. I'm not saying that it has to be Christianity. I'm not saying that it has to be, you know, uh, Judaism or, or another form of religion or, or whatever. But just 
some form of spirituality. And some people don't even have that. We have created a culture of people just walking around this lawlessness, people thinking that I can do whatever the hell I want and there's no consequences. Well, there needs to be consequences, but how, how, do, you, how do you solve the issue so we're not talking about the same things or even worse in the next 10 years? It starts with parenting. It starts with telling your kids, hey, I am not your friend. I'm here to tell you yes or no. I'm here to make tough decisions. I'm your parent. We got into this, this mindset of like, oh, I need to be my kid's friend. That's not how you parent. You don't let your kids run the house. You make the decisions. You tell them what is right. You tell them what is wrong. But when you don't have the parental figure, how are they supposed to learn that? Then you have kids going into the Wawa and ransacking it and stealing and then you have kids carjacking in Minneapolis. There's no consequences. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We have a great show for you uh, tonight. Plenty, plenty to get to. We got uh, Mark Stone and Tim Lingen coming up. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Great show for you tonight. We have Mark Stone coming up in the next segment for NFL Picks, our weekly segment Free for All Friday. But now for his first appearance of season number two, Tim Lingen. Tim, how the hell are you? Hello, good sir. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Uh, how you doing? I am doing well, and uh, we want to issue public congratulations from the podcast on the birth of your baby boy, Jack. How is Jack? Jack is amazing. He's, uh, you know, growing. He, uh, he, he showed up to the party a little bit early, so he was a smidge undersized and, uh, you know, had some had some preemie things going on. But he's he's doing fantastic now, so uh, healthy and growing. How is, uh, how is his fantasy football team looking so far? <laughs> it depends on uh, which one of his dad's teams he's adopting. I... <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've, I've made the mistake for a number of years now of involving myself in too many fantasy football leagues. And you and I were talking about this at the beginning of the season. Uh, you've streamlined your experience down to one team, yeah. which I really think is the way to go. The more that I do this, I've got like six teams and like some of them are, are really successful right now. And I've got like an Owen three team. I'd like, so a Jack can take one of the successful <laughs> ones. I'll, I'll bear the burden of the Owen three and the, one and twos or whatever here's the problem that i uh, that i ended up having with having that amount of teams was when i just have the one team i pick guys generally for the most part guys that i like to watch i'm more of an afc guy so the team that i have is i have some nfc dudes on it but it's mainly afc heavy it's an afc heavy roster um 
I just, you know, cause then I can go and root for those guys and, and it's kind of fun. And, and then, then you're done when you have guys spread out amongst five or six different teams, you end up having like, you know, all the, all these guys, like at some point, like you're playing, you want them to do well, but then the other team might have them in another league. So you need them to do well here, but not do well there. And it just gets to be too much where it just, it, it was just too much for me. I just like, look, at the end of the day, it's, you know, $20 league, $25 league. We're not throwing away a ton of money. The one thing that, that I do want to say though, you know, with, with whether people play ESPN or, or Yahoo or whatever, but I just have gotten so just past like the, uh, the projections like I can't, I can't, oh, they're meaningless. yeah, I just, I can't look at like ESPN projections. Like you just got to go with your gut. You got to start the guys that you feel are the best players. Like each and every week, look at the matchup. The matchup is way more imperative than the projections. Cause if you just go by the projections, you're going to get your ass kicked every week. Well, in the last couple of weeks, I think my team has been projected. Let's, let's say we play in a non-PPR league in this one that we're talking about. Let's say I'm projected 95 points or something like that. I think this week I, I didn't clear 60. Yeah. Like I'd, I had you know a couple guys get hurt and just underperform, and uh, Russ is not cooking despite uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the calls for him to do so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you – you just got to roll with uh, with your guys and, and trust your gut. Uh, weird things happen uh, on the gridiron. So, yeah, yeah, just go with it. Let Russ cook some uh, cold uh, some cold cereal and hot dogs, right? <laughs> um, just the worst. So I, I look at the NFC North right now going into this weekend. You got three two-and-one teams, and then you have the Lions at one and two. Now, I had to suffer through that Vikings game on Sunday. And they shouldn't have won that game. The Lions, they go super hardcore. They're aggressive the whole game. And then suddenly Dan Campbell thinks, I have to be conservative here in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to go for it on fourth down. I'm going to kick the field goal. You missed the field goal. The momentum totally changed. Cousin comes down. Now, they could they could have went for it and not gotten it on fourth down, and the Vikings still could have won the game. My point is, is if you're going to have a philosophy, and that's that's what you're going to do, stick with it. I, I look at all of these teams that are two and one, the bears being two and one, that's embarrassing. The Vikings two and one. I think the Vikings are going to be a 500 team. So I don't buy that much into it. The Packers had this sort of coming out party in Tampa last weekend, but I, I still don't feel like all of these teams that are two and one in this division. I don't feel they're very good. I still feel at this point that this division is still up for grabs. Yeah. I, so early, early projections might show like, well, you know, we'll have a division winner and maybe we'll send a wild card team from the NFC North. I really don't see that. I see the division winner, like you said, hovering somewhere around 500 or slightly above and nobody else being super relevant uh, by the end of the season. Um, if I were, uh, well, I say if I were a Vikings fan, I've claimed to be one for a long time, but uh, you know, as, as a Vikings fan to whatever degree that is anymore, I, have no pride in scraping and clawing to beat the lions i uh news flash for uh, minnesota fans i don't think there's as much separation between minnesota and detroit as you'd think this year i think that uh um 
Dan Campbell, I mean, he big gaff in that game to to not go for it when you're in the position you've been. Not only in that game, but you know, for years, like Detroit needs a little uh, uh, go for it kind of uh, attitude and moxie to them. So, I mean, put that aside though, it it seems like he's got that team kind of fired up and you know ready to play a little bit, and um, so I think they're kind of ascending, not necessarily like to division prominence, but maybe. To, to the point where they can scrap a little bit. And it, it was shown on Sunday that, that they can knock around a team that uh, they're not supposed to hang with for a while. They didn't finish it, but they, they're going to be in games, and they'll steal some that they that they shouldn't have, and the Vikings will cough some up. So I, I don't think there's a huge separation there, and our, the NFC North is just unimpressive to me. Tim Lingen, our guest. I look at the NFC in general, and I think going into the season, we talked about it. Me and Stone talked about it. Like, the AFC is just loaded at this point. That's one of the reasons it was stupid for Russ to leave Seattle is because, oh, yeah, I'm going to leave Seattle. The NFC is wide open. Where am I going to go? Oh, just the best division in football and the best conference in football. Yeah, let's go to the AFC. I look at all of these teams like, yeah, the, the Eagles are, are 3-0 and coming into the weekend. The Rams, the Super Bowl champs are 2-1. and The Cowboys are 2-1. and But, I, I like, Philly's 3-0. and I, I get it. That's impressive. But is it for real? Do you do they take care of business Sunday against Jacksonville at home? Doug Peterson coming back. That's a huge game. The Eagles have, to, to me so far, looked fine. The only thing that I sort of question is like the first week they beat Detroit and they gave up 30-plus points to them. So I don't know how great that defense is, though I'm going to roll that with that defense in fantasy this week, so we'll see what happens. I'm more scared with, with, with Baltimore playing Buffalo. But now I might have to go back to Baltimore for fantasy because if that hurricane rolls up the coast, that game might be full of slop. I don't know. I just I look at all of these these uh, these teams in the NFC, and I don't feel like there's necessarily a front runner yet. If I had to say who I think will be the best team in the NFC, I think it's going to be Tampa because that defense I love, and we haven't seen primo Tom Brady yet. He's just sort of been pedestrian. Well, if Tom gets it going. If Tom starts cooking, you know what's going to happen. Well, and Tampa's got the chops. They've shown you that they can have sustained success. You know, the Eagles, to me, a little bit of smoke and mirrors. They've played some very beatable teams through the first three weeks. You know, we mentioned fantasy earlier. Um, if I were a Jalen Hurts owner, boy, would I sell high on him. Oh, he's, yeah. put, he's putting up numbers that make it look like uh, Joe Montana mixed with Michael Vick on the ground. Like it, it's ridiculous. He's a talented guy, but he is not this good. And I don't think the Eagles are either. Um, so I'm with you. I mean, uh, Tampa is going to be uh, prominent. The Rams will probably still be good, um, but there's just not much else happening in the uh, NFC for me. Well, and you look at it, you know, you, you beat the Lions in week one. That was a shootout 38, 35. You crushed the Vikings. 24-7. The Vikings, to me, yeah, the Eagles won that game, but Kevin O'Connell was just outcoached in, in that game. He was not prepared at all. And then you beat Washington 24-8, and Washington sucks. I think Philadelphia is going to be, they're going to have a winning record. They'll probably win that division. But I think they're going to be um, one of those teams that really benefits from an easy schedule. They host Jacksonville this week. Jacksonville's a nice story so far. They're 2-1. and one. I watched their game against the Chargers Last weekend, they have some great young playmakers on both sides of the ball. Then they go to Arizona. 
Cliff Kingsbury's a joke in Arizona. Kyler Murray, I don't know why they signed him to that long deal. They probably win that game. They host Dallas. Dallas is another smoke and mirrors team. They host Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, we've, we've seen their offense. It's pedestrian. You go to Houston. You host Washington again. I mean, right there, there's there's four or five more victories. That gets them to nine wins right there. And we're not even to Thanksgiving yet. I mean, this... I, I think Philadelphia is is good. They're a fine football team. But when I look at the cream of the crop, I think it is still in the AFC. You know, the South is 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 a little wide open with Jacksonville leading going into this weekend at 2-1. and one. But the North is intriguing to me because the Browns and the Ravens are on top right now. But then, oh, they, there's the Bengals at the bottom. Now, we're recording this prior to the Thursday game. But you know the Bengals aren't going to stay there. That's going to be a competitive division. The Chiefs blew that game last week in Indy. They're 2-1. and one. I, There's just too much firepower in the AFC at this point. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And um, one of the more exciting things for me has been, like, like you mentioned, uh, Jacksonville's kind of ascension. And you got all these exciting young quarterbacks and uh, – you know, can, can we start to maybe add Trevor Lawrence's mm-hmm. name to the conversation? He's playing really well. Um, you, you, you need a bigger sample size than three games, but how many seasons have the Jaguars gone and only won two games? They're already two and one. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, where where can that take them if if uh, if Trevor Lawrence is uh, gonna gonna play up to the guy that he's supposed to be? You know, last year rookie season growing pains you know kind of chalk that up to terrible coach terrible coach yeah terrible organization you know can can get some organizational stability and some growth and maybe actually um i mean dare i say playoffs at some point you know maybe not this year but uh start to see the incline going well Uh, i mean it's just an energy thing i mean last year the 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 hire of urban meyer the chaos that was a terrible pick to put with him with with Trevor Lawrence for his rookie year, and now Doug Peterson is there. Great offensive mind. There's a different energy in the building, and I think it shows. And I think it shows with those guys on the field. Look, Jacksonville might only win six or seven games this year, but that's a huge improvement. And honestly, if they're in it down the stretch, if Jacksonville's around 500 or better at Thanksgiving, watch out because at this point, I think that division's wide open. The Colts have been exposed. I think the Colts, uh, they should be better than 1-1-1, one, one, and one, but they're not. The Texans, I have no faith in, though they've played okay so far this year with Lovey Smith. And Tennessee, they're 1-2. Well, if Jacksonville gets a game from, from Tennessee at some point, because they'll probably be fighting with them for the division, I mean, anything's possible for, for Jacksonville. They... they Host Tennessee, maybe they split with Tennessee. You win a game you're not supposed to. And they're another team where you look at everything. They have games that they can they can win. You know, they go to Philly this weekend. I guess we'll see how they compete. Then you host Houston. You go to Indy. You host the New York Giants. You host Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I'm sure Russ will cook in that game. So, I mean, there's 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 definitely possibilities. I just I, It's kind of a cool story so far to see them at at two and one plus their defense is playing great uh shifting over to another uh fun start with a 
with a young core and an, and an upstart defense. How about the Dolphins yeah. so far this year? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I I mentioned to you off air, uh, you know, before last week, they had just beaten the uh, the Ravens in that thriller, and I'm like, okay, you know, people are going to anoint them as Super Bowl favorites now, and that's too early. But uh, following up with that beating a very uh, a very good Bills team in a really close game. Uh, they should be walking around with some moxie in the locker room right now and figuring out ways to keep that momentum going because they've got a real shot at, at seizing that division. Yeah, well, it's going to be between them and the Bills, and then you have uh, the two dumpster fires with the, the Jets and my Patriots, and you know you're in for a shitty weekend when Brian Hoyer will be starting on Sunday. That's uh, that's rough. It's one of those guys that you kind of forget he's still in the league until yeah. all of a sudden his name is called. Now that Mac Jones is hurt, uh, it's uh. just what that's the lock of the week. I, I hate to ruin it for Stone, but Packers over the Patriots. Like, uh, there's no way Hoyer goes into Lambeau and wins. No way. Uh, <laughs> no. Watch him throw like four touchdowns. Now he goes and <laughs> just lights the world on fire. Yeah. De- no, it's, it's not going to happen. Devontae no, Parker crazy. wakes up. He has a huge game, big running game. It looks like the Patriots from 2009. Like, <laughs> holy smokes, no. All right, man, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, it's good to have you back for another season. And uh, go get some sleep. I'm sure you need it. <laughs> Lots of naps, my friend. Yeah. Lots of naps. Uh, me too. <laughs> and I don't even have a, I don't even have a kid. So, uh, but no, <laughs> congratulations on everything. And uh, we'll catch up with you again here soon. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Tim Lingen tonight here on the Trevor J. Brown show. The Trevor J. Brown show. This is our flag. The new album from chairman of the board. Featuring 10 new tracks of instrumental music and over 30 minutes of music. Stream it wherever you stream music and buy your digital copy at inherentdream.bandcamp.com. This is our flag by Chairman of the Board, out now. Here he is, folks. Free for all Friday. Free for all Friday. That's the voice of Mark Stone. Stone, how the hell are you? Well, Trevor, again, it was an interesting week on picks. I went seven and nine again, which means now I'm behind last year's pace. Where at this time I was twenty six and twenty. I am now twenty four, twenty three, and one on the season right now. So, kind of need to pick it up here. I'm. I'm I'm losing my pulse on thing, but again, bets are good on the season. I'm I'm at least six and three there, so that's that's high level for Vegas. And the Stone Cold Lock of the Week hit, and so did the Carved and Stone Bet of the Week last week. So that's good too. I want to talk to you about a couple teams that I, I I'm sort of in a way worried about them. What, what's going on with the Vegas Raiders? This was a real trendy pick for people early on in the year. I can't remember if I had them in a, as a playoff team. I can't remember if you did either. But we obviously thought they were going to be pretty good. you got to be a little alarmed with an 0-3 start. I'm very alarmed. I mean, I had this team winning the division. So that tells you where I thought they were going to go. I, I expected more out of Josh McDaniels. I mean, part of it is you, you show up. This is a playoff team from last year. Um, kind of the deal. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Try to, again, you know, 
um, continue to work on what was working. And it seems like he kind of scrapped everything from last year Mm -hmm. and is just looking to go totally the Patriot way, which is fine in some cases. But to me, now you're behind the eight ball and you (laughs) must win games, you know, with uh, with uh, Denver coming to town this week. So that makes it even more difficult. There's some other teams that have a winning record that I feel is in a way like a mirage. One of them is also in the division, the Denver Broncos. I I, I wanted to send you a mean meme. Our uh, our buddy Tim Lingen sent it over to me, or I or I might have sent it to him. I can't remember who sent it to, but we've heard the phrase multiple times: "Let Russ cook." And uh, it had Russell Wilson in a chef's hat, and it said, let Russ cook. And it was a picture of stale cereal with two hot dogs in it. And I think that is just a great uh, analogy to how he's, I guess, played so far. But they're 2-1, and one, so I I don't know. I mean, but you, you talk about all these new coaches. Nathaniel Hackett has been exposed multiple times. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, not a good coach. Um, you wonder what happens in that game if Jimmy Garoppolo does not step out of bounds yeah. in the end zone there. I mean, it kind of was a saving grace for him because he ends up throwing a pick instead. I mean, if that play would have been would have been real. But it was obvious he was very, um, what I want to say, rusty behind, behind the offense there in that game. Um, better days ahead for San Fran, I think. As far as Denver goes, I'm not impressed with what happened in that game at all. Let's get into week four. Uh, we'll start with the London game, the the London trip, Vikings and Saints. Man, the Saints, they just <laughs> uh, never look great uh, against Carolina. The Vikings, they're one of those mirage teams. They're 2-1, and one, and they had to come back against uh, Detroit. Detroit is better, but Detroit should have won that game. With all of that said... I'm going to take Minnesota to squeak one out here by three. Yeah, the pick is Minnesota. I'm not liking what Jameis is doing offensively. I mean, the Saints' defense is very, very good, but, I mean, that's what you expected with Dennis Allen at the helm. The Vikings' offense, however, just has too many uh, weapons. I think they're going to find a way to expose the Saints' defense and and put up the points necessary. Plus, you can almost guess Jameis Winston is going to have a pick or two in this game and and – definitely uh probably <laughs> lose the game for the saints in the process seahawks and lions i i'll tell you what i i don't understand i watch most of the lions vikings game stone dan campbell the whole game has his his foot on the gas pedal he's being aggressive he's going for it on fourth down then there's another fourth down in the fourth quarter if you go for it and you get it the game's over then he goes conservative. They kick the field goal. They miss. They end up losing the game because Cousins comes back down the field. To me, that's that's a, a mistake in coaching. I like Detroit, though. They got too much talent to have the record that they do. I think they bounce back Sunday and beat Seattle. You know, Trevor, I was at the game as me and you were texting while I was there, and I love the fact that Dan Campbell was playing with nothing to lose mm-hmm. all game, going for it even in his own end at his own yeah. 35 on fourth down and converting. And he was doing that all game. He was playing, again, with house money. He knew he had nothing to lose. He knew he had the Vikings up against the ropes. So when that fourth down came up, and at first, you know, he had the offense out there, I got all the Vikings fans around me going, ape nuts that he's going for and i'm like have you been watching this game 
He is going for it every single time. I said, why wouldn't you kick a field goal here? Mm -hmm. I said, there is no game there. Because I said, you kick a field goal at six points, you still go score a touchdown. The game is over. I said, he goes for it here and gets it up by three. This game is over. But again, Dan Campbell ends up hearing about his, you know, gets the analytics all of a sudden in his head and brings out his kicker, Austin Siebert, who misses the kick. So not only that, you give him great field position, you know, even further back than when if you went for it. I mean, if you went for it, yeah, field position is just a little bit worse, but you just never know. And they were converting. They had Minnesota on the ropes. But I do agree with you. I think at home here, they get things right. Seattle's not good. I'm going with the Lions as well. Jets and Steelers on Sunday. Man, I've watched a couple Steelers games this year. That offense is just brutal stone. I, I think this is going to be a defensive battle. First team to, what, 14-15 wins the game. Even though the Steelers' offense stinks, I still think it's better than the Jets. I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh in this one. Oh, I couldn't rush the betting booth quick enough because you just rolled into the carved in stone bet of the week, baby. Pittsburgh, minus three. Lay down the cash, cash, cash. Zach Wilson might be back this week. Joe Flacco looked like Joe Flacco, not elite, <laughs> last week. So, uh, come on. You, you, either way, the Jets are going to bumble themselves all over the places. Pittsburgh defense back at home, yeah. off of a loss, is going to be looking to get things right. Mike Tomlin is going to cover the three, at the worst, cover the three with a push. But I think it's going to be more than that. Give me Pittsburgh for the win and the carved in stone bet of the week at Pittsburgh negative three. I love that for the carved in stone. And I think it comes down to, to Tomlin too. You know he's pushing those guys to have a big week in practice. The offense looked a little bit better last week, but it's still, I mean, it's still Mitch Trubisky, man. Bears and Giants. Uh, How about a reunion? Can we get Odell Beckham back in a New York Giants uniform? They have like no receivers at this point. Now that Sterling Shepard went down, uh, whatever. I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I, I'll take the Giants because they're at home. you got to go with the Giants here. Dayball's got things going there. I mean, yes, they were embarrassed by Dallas on Monday Night Football when a game where I thought they were going to win, yeah. and they ran into a tough defense. The Bears have an all-right defense, but J.P. Tittlesworth called up <laughs> called up Matt Eberfruz and told you he wants his 1922 offense back. The Bears aren't going to get anything done here. They're the monsters of the midway. They're running the football. It's not going to be enough. Giants, even without receivers, Saquon Barkley's going to blow up this game. Give me the Giants bouncing back at home. Titans and the Colts from Indy on Sunday. The Colts lucked into a victory on Sunday, mainly because of Kansas City's errors. I think there are some big, big concerns here still with Indy. I think Derrick Henry has a monster day again. Give me Tennessee on the road. In agreement with you again, a slow start from Mike Vrabel and company, but the snow has fallen in Vermont, and when the snow falls in Vermont, the Yeti, that is Derrick Henry, returns, and Henry did return in a big way last week, and I think he continues this week. Colts lucked into a win last week. Kansas City did not take them seriously. They're going to come back home and realize how bad of a quarterback Matt Ryan still is. Give me Tennessee. I don't want to say must win going into this week, but the Chargers need to win on Sunday in Houston, so I'll take L.A. 
Yeah, the Chargers need to win, but I think Houston's going to play them tough. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to go with a second bet, I would probably lay down. I'm right now leaning to lay down on that five and a half on Houston. Yes. Um, getting five and a half there, I think Chargers are super banged up. Joey Bosa was just added to the IR as well, so you're going to lose some of that pounce on that pass rush. Plus, you lost. You lost what their tackle and Lindsay. I think is still is still uh, Slater and their t- center Lindsay's still banged up. I mean, I'll give Justin Herbert credit for still rolling out on this, but this team, until it's back to full strength, is vulnerable. I think they get the win, but Houston's going to keep it close. Mark Stone here, NFL Picks, weekly segment here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Cleveland and Atlanta from the ATL on Sunday at noon. Ground and pound with the Browns all Sunday long. Give me Cleveland. Yeah, I think Cleveland eats this one out. I think it comes down to coaching. I mean, last week we finally saw Arthur Smith open up open up pits out there on the outside and feed him the ball. Ooh, look at what happened to one game. Well, it's about all time. The fantasy, yeah, all the fantasy footballers knew it. You just did not. Now he comes back home, kind of has some momentum, but Cleveland really should be a 3-0 and team, and you're dead on. <laughs> They're going to keep on them. Kevin Stefanski is going to keep on pounding it on the ground. Their defense is good enough to shut down this Atlanta offense. It's going to be interesting, but I'm in agreement with you. I think Cleveland pulls this out with the win. Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys noon on Sunday. Boy, when the Cowboys win, the national media acts like it's uh, Dallas from 1995. It's all they were talking about on Tuesday morning, Stone. Who cares? Who cares about Cooper Rush? This is a... 500 type team they might make the playoffs they'll be one and done i still don't care with that said though i the the commanders just don't have it together at this point i'll take dallas at home yeah you're dead on the commanders came out the gate hot and then the last two games have not found a way to win and carson Wentz seems to be exposed dallas on the other on the other side, playing with house money. I mean, since Dak Prescott's been gone, they've been a better team. Cooper Rush has been a better team running this offense, managing it, and the defense seems to be off the leash. It's unfortunate because I think my prediction at the beginning of the season, which I thought after week one was well on its way to come true, is not going to come true now with Mike McCarthy getting fired in week six. But I still think Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. However, his bad coaching's not bad enough to lose to Washington. So give me the commanders. I, give uh, me the Cowboys. Sorry. I watched that uh, Jacksonville Charger game last week, and I got to tell you, Stone, Jacksonville sure is fun to watch. They got a ton of young players on both sides of the ball, but I was especially interested with uh, that defensive side. I mean, they're 2-1 and one to start. That's kind of a fun storyline, but I think the Eagles keep flying here. I'll take Philly at home. I'm going to take Philly at home, but you're dead on. It's, it's uh, Doug Peterson's homecoming back to Philadelphia. This team loves playing for them. Jacksonville, you just saw last week. Yeah. Lots of smiles. They're flying to the ball. This is a re-energized team. Okay, and they're coming into Philly. Philly coming off another big win last week. But I think that's part of the problem. So again, if we're talking from the betting side of things, six and a half here, you lay that money down on Jacksonville. This might be one of my three final bets. I really like that number because I don't think Philly's winning by a touchdown, but I do have Philly winning the game. Bills and Ravens, perhaps the game of the weekend. There's so many good games this weekend, Stone. I'm telling you, if there's an MVP so far, you vote for Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Do the Bills lose two in a row? 
I think they do. I'll take Baltimore at home. Well, I'm going to go with Buffalo on this, but this is going to be a nasty game with that hurricane coming over on that side. We're talking major rain in the Baltimore area during game time, so it's going to be sloppy during this game, which means the Bills' offense is probably going to be very, very sluggish. I don't foresee them blowing out the Ravens, and I also see the Ravens using the same kind of uh, defensive scheme that Miami pulled out last week to kind of neuter the Bills' offense. So I think it's going to be interesting but i think josh allen does will them to get back on the win but if you were a betting man i like baltimore plus three cardinals and panthers cardinals going cross country this is the type of game stone where i'm like this is probably the a game where cliff dingleberry figures it out and they get a win carolina i, I think we can agree that matt jaw rule is going to get fired at the end of the year even though they beat new orleans last week new orleans has their own issues so with that said i'll take arizona you know what? It's it's a total trash-o-matic game for the week. There's no doubt. Two dumpsters just got dropped here in Carolina <laughs> for this game and set aflame. But as both of these guys may be peddling their resume at the end of the season. However, Matchaw Rule was still able to find a win last week despite Baker Mayfield being who we thought he was, and that is a <laughs> crappy quarterback. Yeah. So I think Carolina at home with this defense is going to find a way to win again because Arizona is a bigger dumpster fire than Carolina. I cannot see a scenario where the Raiders start 0-4, so just based on that, and also how awful the Denver offenses looked this year. I'll take the Raiders. This is a get-right game. I'll take Vegas. I'm in agreement with you. They've got to win at home. If they don't win at home, could Josh McDaniels be at the career fair with Cliff Dingleberry <laughs> and Matt Schaub rule at the end of the season? It's a possibility. You put in a ton of yeah. money here for this, and this team's going to be worse than a Gruden start team, you know, with a bunch of B-list players. Come on. The Raiders have to win this game. I'm in agreement. Denver, I still can't find a way that they find a way to get out of their own way, you know, as Hackett still seems to yeah. be struggling coaching this team. Who, so I'm in agreement with you. You got to go with the Raiders. What was the name of the Vegas coach that took over for Gruden on the interim basis last year? Rich Passaccia. Is he in Green Bay now? He is in Green Bay. Yeah, as so a, a special teams coordinator. So if they go to Owen Ford, did the Raiders? They won't do this, obviously, but. Do you call up the NFL and say, hey, or could we get permission to, to rehire Rich? Can we, maybe we made a, the wrong decision here. I mean, Can we trade Devontae Adams back? to Green Bay for Rich Bisaccia, please? I mean, seriously, they were a playoff team last year. With all of that chaos and turmoil, they made the playoffs. They, they rallied around the guy, and I'm like, maybe we've seen enough of Josh McDaniels. If they go to 0-4, that's going to be my, my thing I say to you next week. I think we've... We saw Josh McDaniels a decade ago. He was a terrible head coach, and it shows now that if they go to 0-4, he's a terrible head coach. Patriots and Packers, here's my lock of the week. Packers at home, the Patriots are an absolute mess. And uh, I haven't heard the latest about Mac Jones, but it sounds like he's going to miss some time. 
Yep, it's Brian Hoyer time. So oh, Matt Patricia, oh. Brian Hoyer, and Joe Judge. Boy, that's a threesome to have at your party. Coming to Green Bay as Green Bay comes home after a tough win against Tampa. You don't think they want to light it up? People are already yeah. still sowing the seeds of doubt of the Packers. You're, I'm in agreement with you. This is the Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Lock it in, Packers, baby, on Sunday. So as we record this, we don't know where this game is going to take place, but Sunday night football chiefs and bucks obviously if they have to travel out of tampa and the game is here first i want to know how much tickets are going to be because if it's sunday night football the, the league wants that place full like you think we could get in for cheap stone you know what it's interesting i i don't i could see some chiefs fans making the track yeah trying to turn this into a home game for them so i i really don't know if they announced it early enough these, these Minnesota Vikings season ticket holders who are going to get an extra home game to yeah. pedal are going to pedal it heavy and are probably going to make some cash here well, with, this, the, with the Chiefs fans coming in here. Yeah, Plus I, all the Tampa Bay bandwagoners, too, who are going to be looking to get some tickets around yeah, here. A lot of New England uh, Tom Brady jerseys, I'm sure, on Sunday. Um, so Chiefs and Bucks. I'll tell you what. I've been really impressed with the Bucks defense. Offensively, they've been struggling. The Chiefs blew that game last week. They shouldn't have lost that game. They're pissed off. This is a this is a hell of a matchup, Stone. I I, I think defensively the Bucks are better. Offensively the Chiefs are better. So I'm gonna call a tie here. No, I'm joking. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm in agreement with you with the Chiefs, even though I'm like I'm really liking the Tampa bet if it's at a point and a half. You know, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be that close. Yeah. Regardless, this is gonna be an ugly game because of that Buccaneers defense and the fact that Tom and company on offense still aren't fully loaded with weapons back. So I think it's gonna be close. But I'm in agreement with you. I think the Chiefs pull out the win and move to three and one. Tampa at two and two, still in a crappy division. It's not the end of the world there. When they get back to full strength with this defense, watch out. Rams and 49ers. I, you know, I have been for a long time a Jimmy Garoppolo apologist, but after watching him on Sunday, my God, he is just some of those mistakes he made. I just, I don't know. And, and this team is set up. I feel like we've been talking about it now for the last couple of years. This team is just locked and loaded with talent. They're ready to go. They're ready to make a run. And I, I think you upgrade the quarterback position. I obviously don't want Trey Lance to be hurt. I hope he comes back. You don't wish for anyone to have an injury, but for this year, I felt like Garoppolo was better suited to take this team to greater heights. But my goodness, if things don't turn around fast for this team, I I have major concerns. The Rams are playing better football uh, besides the opening night game against the juggernaut Bills. If, if the Rams can get the run game going, which might be difficult against that, that front line for San Fran, but if they can, if Acres can get going, if, if that if that run game can get going, I'm going to take the Rams on the road in a close one. Disagreement here. Here's the thing. Couple things here. Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a playbook or anybody to throw to all during training camp. It was the last cut day. He finally was able to sign the contract, get the playbook yeah. back, and start studying up. Add to that, he never took any reps with the ones 
till this week. He was running scout team. So there's definitely some timing off there. They're probably, again, too, the offense was used to running what they were going to run with Trey Lance, which was a run option system. Now we're going back to a more traditional system. I don't blame the 49ers for being clunky in that game against Denver. I don't at all. I think there's going to be better times ahead. However, you do mention the issues with Jimmy sometimes. With Trent Williams out, it could make a real issue with that offensive line in blocking these front line for the Rams there, so I am worried about that. However, a couple things about San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. San Francisco right now has the least amount of straight three and outs of any offense in the league. So again, Kyle knows how to scheme to keep things going no matter who's at quarterback, number one. Number two, besides the NFC Championship last year, which again, Matt Stafford almost threw it away if Jimmy Ward could find a way to again get that ball back in his hands, that game is over. The Rams are 1-6 and six in their last seven games against Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, and that includes guys like Nick Mullins starting under center, and so on and so forth. Sean McVay cannot beat Kyle Shanahan on a regular basis, especially at home in Levi Stadium. You're right. This is a must-win for the Niners to get back to 2-2 with Carolina and Atlanta as their next two opponents. Perfect way to get back to 4-2. But the Niners need a quality win. So I'm going to say it's a close one. I would bet the Rams here with the 1.5 points on this. I would like to see it get up to three if it can. But at this point in time, you got to take the Niners in a close one, probably winning with a field goal at the end of the game. So what you're saying is Shanahan makes McVay his little bitch. Exactamundo. <laughs> the teacher is... The teacher is still the teacher, and the student is still the student, even though he does have a Super Bowl compared to Shannon. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting stat for sure about the last six or seven that you said. So Seven games. Yeah, yep. wow. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, Stone, and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week, sir. Will do, Trevor. Always a pleasure coming on for a free-for-all Friday. That's Mark Stone. I'm Trevor Brown, and this is the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Can't get enough of the Trevor J. Brown Show? Join Trevor for Bonus Content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. For Bonus Content Saturday, Trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now, tunes he loves from the past, great local music, and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and, in his opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Join Trevor for Bonus Content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Wrapping it up for another week here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Big thanks to my buddies, my contributors, Mark Stone and Tim Lingen. Coming up towards the end of the month, our contributor, Isaac Jensen, returns here in studio. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow, bonus content Saturday. Be sure to tune in. Follow along. We're adding more songs to the playlist. The thousand songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. These, in my opinion, are the greatest songs of all time. They also happen to be some of my favorite songs of all time. Tomorrow, we are adding tunes from The Four Tops, The Temptations, and then Marvin Gaye. And then the following week, on the 8th, we are doing three more songs. 
And they all happen to be great rock classics from the 1990s. Tunes from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Oasis, and Foo Fighters on the 8th. You can follow along with the playlist on Spotify. Just search for The 1000 Songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. And be sure to tune in to Bonus Content Saturday tomorrow. Bonus Content Saturday exclusively on the Spotify app. Our Friday evening shows, you can catch us on Spotify, the Spotify app, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company. 